Hi, my name is Dr. Pitchcraft and welcome to The Void, the show where I have an existential crisis in public and call it a podcast. And no, I'm not recording this at a weird ass time. <laughs> I am. I am. It's. Uh, I'm not even going to tell you what time it is, but I recently downloaded Hinge. I've been single for six years and as far as my dating history goes, I can tell you, I like to consider myself a woman of average intelligence, but if you see the people I've dated, you would question that. But... Time has passed and even though my dating history is catastrophic, I was ready to try again. I have to be honest, I don't have a lot of experience with online dating or dating in general. I haven't dated a lot of people, but the people I've dated sucked. And I met up with a guy once from an online dating thing and uh, he turned out to be a crazy person. So after that, I just kind of left it. And as far as online dating success goes, I know a whopping total of two people or two couples who met on online dating and now have families or are seriously dating. But aside from these anomalies, everyone is having a shit time on online dating sites. And if you're like, no, but I love dating sites, that's great, honey, but this is not about you, okay? We're suffering over here. <laughs> no one seems to be doing well. And when I notice the same sentiment a lot in my own environment, it's not a coincidence. So let's examine this pattern. Let's take a look at why online dating makes most of us feel like unadulterated garbaggio. About my abysmal dating history. The thing is this, I already knew them from around the area. I was introduced to them by friends, by mutual friends, or we hung out in the same places. So I already had a feel for how they moved and how they acted. I had a lot of information to go by before I started dating them and they still sucked. If you can even get it wrong, if you date people you actually know, it's almost impossible to vet people you don't know based on minimal information. Can you imagine how flawed the vetting process must be if you have to go off two sentences and six pictures? You know, it's kind of like ordering something off of AliExpress. You have a vague description of what the item is supposed to be, but it's always kind of a surprise what you're going to get. And this brings me to the second reason why online dating resembles the seventh circle of hell. We have no choice but to objectify each other. The platforms we use force us to objectify each other. That's what you get when you try to condense a human in all their complexity in two sentences. It's really, really hard to make that shift from objectifying someone to actually seeing them as a prospect. And most of us are so removed in the way we interact with each other on these platforms that we never even reach that point of seeing someone as more than an object. So dating apps inherently cheapen one of the best parts about being human. It's our attraction to each other. And it makes us forget that every single person we look at has the same emotional depth and inner complexity that we have. And yes, even those complete idiots who insist on taking pictures on the hood of their cars, okay? Even they have a rich inner life. The next reason we're having a shit time on dating sites is because they were designed that way. Most of us are not successful in dating sites because we're not supposed to be. Look, you can call me a lot of things, but you can't call me naive. And rule number one of marketing is there's no such thing as a free product. If a product is free for you to use, you are the product. So guess what we are on dating sites? From a scientific point of view, these apps are a data goldmine. Honestly, if you are a researcher and you're interested in human behavior and social science, these apps are chef's kiss of data. Honestly, people underestimate the amount of data they can get 
from us swiping left and right. It is literally a, an oasis of information about human behavior and, and decision making. They sell our data to the highest bidder. And, and sure, they can say shit like we were meant to be deleted all day. But honestly, no company is concerned with our romantic well-being. Companies don't do things to do people a favor. They do things to make money. And they don't benefit from people finding connections. Au contraire, they don't benefit from people finding connections half as much as they do from people not finding them. Think about it. Why do you think they've gamified the process so much? They've basically turned the finding of a person into a low stakes gambling game. All the likes and the swipes and the, you know, the potential of finding a hot person all give you a dopamine hit. For instance, Duolingo, you know, the thing with the little birdie that teaches you language. Obviously, Duolingo is not going to teach you how to speak any language fluently. What makes them so successful is that it sells the idea of you learning another language fluently. But dating apps are no different. These apps actively sell the potential of meeting someone. Which brings me to my next point. Now, if you've been paying attention, you notice that I used a lot of words like products and selling like it's a market. Hmm. And what if I tell you how we deal with dating today is a natural consequence of capitalism. In fact, dating as a whole is a commercial venture. You could even argue that the whole construct of coupledom and marriage are financially motivated. My communism is showing. <laughs> but okay, let me explain. I reference the 19th century a lot and I do that because it's the era that shaped us the most. You only have to take one look at the 19th century to understand how little of our life is our own idea. But anyway, in the 19th century, courtship happened in private. You would meet up in your grandma's backyard. By the end of the 19th century, because we started making more, we wanted to flex that wealth in public. And dating is a great way to do that. So dating was moved from the private sphere into the public sphere. We successfully commercialized courtship. But this commercialization of dating extended to us seeing dating as a market as well. Dating became a way not only to estimate other people's market value, but more importantly, our own. Also in the 40s, the idea of marriage was promoted because it increased economic stability. It's so romantic. That's why I think we as a society are so obsessed with coupledom. Like I talked about, if you saw the Oprah episode about neoliberalism, couples spend more. And of course, when you have more to spend as a unit, being a unit becomes a valued thing to be in society because we live in a society that literally conflates our human worth with our spending power. So couples and married people are held in high regard simply because they have more to spend. Isn't that fabulous? I love society. There's this writer called Moira, Moira Weigel. Her book is called Labor of Love, and I think she sums it up the best. She says, and I'm paraphrasing, she says, people always think that dating is dying, but it's just changing because dating and our economy are so intertwined that as our economic values change and as our economy changes, dating changes as well. So it's not me seeing things that are not there. Dating and the economy are very very intertwined. All these apps are doing is they're commodifying a basic human function, which may also explain why we're having a shit time with it, because it's just an extension of capitalism. Capitalism isn't making anyone happy, except for the people who are already filthy rich. And I haven't even talked about what it does to our brains. Here's the thing, right? Dating sites give us the illusion of choice. That they're all, look at all these men. Oh my lord. Oh wow. There are still men I have not seen. This is unbelievable. I'm a straight. Please hold your condolences, but that's why I keep saying men, because I'm speaking from my own experience. And this illusion of choice is both 
good and horrendous. It is good in the sense that it exposes you to people you otherwise would not have met. It widens your pool. But the downside is that if you did meet someone who was a perfect match for you, you probably wouldn't even notice. There are so many people, you see so many faces that you're just so focused on the next thing. Even if you do have a good conversation with someone, you're like, okay, but what if the next one is better? No one will be good enough. So it promotes greed. And it creates a negative feedback loop because the more you swipe, the more you'll see people you do not like and the lonelier you will feel. Combine that with the knowledge that people have the tendency to go for other people who are at least 25% hotter than they are because we think we're hot shit, or at least that is the pattern that we show online. Combine that with our overestimation of how cute we are, and what you get is a whole lot of nothing. That's why we feel like shit all the time. And dating apps perpetuate the idea that we know what we want. We don't know what we want. That's why marketing works so well. We're not giving people a chance. We might have given a chance if we first met them face to face. Think about the people you've dated. A lot of them probably wouldn't be your type if you saw them in a picture. This is just one of those areas where technology both exacerbates and minimizes the problem. It minimizes it because you understand like, wow, there are people out there, but it exacerbates it when you realize you hate all of them. We still have our lizard brain. We were made for small communal living. We cannot handle so many prospects. Just the sheer number of people we see on these apps brings out the worst in us. It fosters non-commitment in a way that makes it almost impossible for it to lead to commitment. There are a lot of reasons for this. People might become wary to ask for what they really want because they know someone will drop them like that because that person has 239 other people in their inbox waiting to date them. And why would you try to have a good online conversation when most conversations lead nowhere? It basically makes us shallow, boring people who don't know how to interact anymore. And all of this got me thinking, what if dating apps are more than just annoying? What if dating apps actually hinder our ability to connect? Think about it. When was the last time you talked to a stranger face-to-face? -face? Or even on the phone? We order our meals online. We use the self-checkout at the grocery store. We don't have to ask for directions anymore. Google Maps has us covered. We don't pick up anonymous phone calls. And if you have a service issue and you contact customer service, you speak to a robot first. And sure, all these things make our lives easier in some respects, except for in the one area that matters the most, human connection. We have no idea how to human anymore. <laughs> in fact, we have gotten so bad at the one thing we were made to do there's actually a book called the offline dating method but this is a book with a chapter called how to talk to strangers with advice like observe something and then mention the something to the someone internet has not always existed we used to be able to, to make small talk at the train station or whatever the hell and and you know it's a testament for how ridiculous the situation has become it's quite depressing actually now that I've taken a seemingly innocent subject and sucked the life straight out of it, we need to talk about solutions, of course. To not turn into empty vessels who can only talk from a distance and only have casual sex and never really connect because we are too afraid to ask for the things we really want because we feel like we live in a world that just doesn't want to give it to us. First thing we need to do, we need to talk to strangers again. Not avoiding 
that phone call to uh, actual real life human customer service or not avoiding human contact because we need it. It makes us weird if you don't have it. The talking online we do gives us the illusion of intimacy and of connection. But there's nothing like sitting in a room with someone and seeing all their cues. And we've become worse at it. We've become worse at reading each other. And I think that's a horrible thing. If we don't start talking to each other again, the whole social aspect of our humanity will become less important. That's how evolution works. What is going to be our legacy? Are we really going to leave the next generation with an inability to speak? I don't want to know. No, thank you. Another thing we can do is remember there's a difference between dating online and seeking love through an online platform. Avoid dating online, but definitely be open to using these platforms to meet someone. And it sounds like such a tomato-tomato thing, semantics, but the way we talk about things is important. It's hard to meet people in real life, right? Especially after a two and a half year lockdown. But if you do use an online dating platform to meet someone, avoid the gamified ones. Because remember, those might be a scientist's dream, but they do not have your best interest in mind. So go to the boring ass ones like OkCupid. And sure, most people are there are LARPers, but they also tend to be more human. And they also tend to see the humanity in you. Because that's what the platform fosters by not gamifying human interaction. It doesn't turn it into a big game. It doesn't make other things more important than the connection. It's not a flashy website for a reason. There's this thing called nudging. Companies help you make decisions every day without you noticing. And dating sites are no different. You're being manipulated every day of your life. I can do an episode about that one time because it's very interesting. To put a bow on it, dating apps have more of an impact than we realize. It is more than annoying. It's changing the way we relate to each other. And by reducing dating to a numbers game, to a gamble, to a thing that just gives you a quick dopamine hit, we dehumanize and cheapen our own need for companionship and connection. At the end of the day, what these apps are missing and what dating is missing as a whole is humanity. So the short of it is, if you suck on dating sites, remember that most of us do. It's not your fault, okay, you sexy bitch. Don't give up on the idea of meeting someone. And sure, we need to put the humanity back in dating, which is not an easy feat. But we can start by being honest to ourselves about what we're truly hoping to find. And maybe to rely less on technology to help us find it. Because come on, we're not ordering scented candles here. We are looking for companionship and it wouldn't hurt to be more mindful about the ways we go about that. So that was my take on online dating. If you enjoyed this video and you want other people to enjoy it as well, feel free to like this video, consider subscribing so other people can find it too. And um, I'll put all the links in the thingy. I'm moving up in ranks pretty fast. This is only my fifth episode. And um, I moved 310 places in the podcast ranks. The most important thing for me about all of this, I want you to look at the world slightly differently after you heard me talk and be a shiny mess on camera. That's my only goal. And if I can help you do that, mission accomplished. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, I hope to see you in the next one.